Hey, what's up everybody? Welcome to the channel. My name is Marjan Kemkam and tonight, well, it's night for me. Um, today, we are going to be, you know, I'm just doing an impromptu in-home service. We're going to be doing a couple worship songs, just two of them, and a message at the end. And I wanted to do this because, you know, just for encouragement, um, just because I felt like, I felt like the Spirit was impressing on me to, you know, to do this. And this is for y'all. This is for God. And I hope that, you know, this video is uh, encouragement to all of you. Um, with that said, um, I would like to get us started with a quick prayer. So Heavenly Father, I just want to thank you for bringing us here today. For those who are watching this uh, now or a couple years from now, Father God, I just pray that this message, that this worship that we're about to do is edifying. I pray that your spirit is moving. Um, I pray that... You know, this reaches people who need it and people who need encouragement. And I pray that it helps others draw closer to you, Lord. And I just pray that you use me, use me to sing your songs, to read your scripture and to just proclaim your good news to everybody and um, to the whole global community out there, Father God. And I just pray all these things in Jesus name. Amen. Take a moment to remember who God is and who I am. There you go, lifting my load again. And take a moment to remember who God is and who I am. There you go, lifting my load again. There you go, lifting my load again. Take a moment to remember who God is and who I am. There you go, lifting my load again. And take a moment to remember who God is and who I am. There you go, lifting my load again. There you go, lifting my load again. Cause no longer am I held by the yoke of this world Come up under the yoke of Jesus His yoke is easy and His burden is so light No longer am I held by the yoke of this world Come up under the yoke of Jesus His yoke is easy and His burden is so light This burden is so light. You lifting my load. You lifting my load again. You lifting my load. You lifting my load. You lifting my load. You lifting my load again. You lifting my load. You lifting my load. Take a moment to remember who God is and who I am. There you go, lifting my load again. 
Cause no longer am I held by the yoke of this world Come up under the yoke of Jesus His yoke is easy and His burden is so light No longer am I held by the yoke of this world Come up under the yoke of Jesus His yoke is easy and His burden is so light His yoke is easy and His burden is so light His burden is so light. Your love carries, your love carries me through all the valleys and the darkest places. Your love carries, your love carries me through all the valleys and the darkest places take a moment to remember who god is and who i am there you go lifting my load again because no longer am i held by the yoke of this world come up under the yoke of jesus yoke is easy and his burden is so light no longer am i held by the yoke of this world come up under the yoke of jesus his yoke is easy and his burden is so light his yoke is easy and his burden is so light his burden is so carries your love carries me through all the valleys and the darkest places your love carries your love carries me through all the valleys and the darkest places Más que un anhelo, más que un deseo, tenemos hambre de ti. Hambre de verte, de conocerte, en tu presencia vivir. Llénanos de tu amor, sacianos, Señor. Danos más de tu luz, de tu plenitud. Solo queremos. Estar contigo, no separarnos jamás. Con corazones a ti rendidos, que no vacilan jamás. 
llénanos de tu amor Sácianos, Señor Danos más de tu luz De tu plenitud Es mi alimento, mi porción La grosura que alimenta el corazón Llénanos de tu amor Sácianos, Señor Danos más de tu luz, de tu plenitud. Llénanos de tu amor, sacianos, Señor. Danos más de tu luz, de tu plenitud. Más que un anhelo, más que un deseo, vemos hambre de ti. All right, I hope everybody enjoyed that worship, and it is time to dive into the Word. So I'm going to do another quick prayer. Um, dear God, just help me do this message. I know it's a little bit impromptu, but um, I just know that your Holy Spirit has something prepared tonight, and just use me, uh, speak through me, and I pray that everybody is edified through this Word and this message that you have for all of us. I pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so... Like I said, this is a bit of an impromptu type of service. Um, I don't really have too much prepared in mind as far as, you know, having the full preparation goes. But I know I did have a couple words, a couple of just lesson points that are, you know, basically the same things that are repeated, reiterated throughout our, our whole Christian walk. Um, but just something that I was, you know, experiencing, you know, these past couple of days more so. And today I wanted to talk about uh, things about, you know, dealing with sin, dealing with temptation, um, being, you know, obedient to God, um, loving God and whatnot. And, you know, putting your, our faith in Jesus Christ. And, you know, the cool thing about, you know, scripture and the word and messages, you honestly don't really have to create anything new or make up any new messages because all you really need is honestly just one message right you know put your faith in jesus christ love god love others 
um, same message repeated over and over again. And, you know, it's the same thing with movies. It's the same concepts, same background, but um, the skeleton, the foundation are the same, but everything else, you know, the exterior, the leaves of a tree or, you know, the placement things on, on top of the foundation, you know, those are going to be different, but the foundation is always going to be the same. And I feel like every message should really, you know, come from this place, right? You know, the basics, you know, putting your faith in Jesus Christ, loving God, loving others. Um, and that's truly, you know, being obedient to, to God's word and to God's commandments for us. But um, anyways, in regards to just dealing with sin, with temptation and things of this world, um, I know that there is a huge struggle among believers and everybody in this world because we are caught up in a world that is full of sin. And every single moment, you know, um, until, you know, that time of perfection, we're still going to be dealing with a sinful world and the effects of it. And although we as believers may not be subject to the penalties of our sins that we commit because of our faith in Jesus Christ, but we will be still subject, you know, to the consequences of, of sin because the Bible says you reap what you sow. Uh, I think that's in Galatians. Um, if you sow life, you'll gather life. But if you sow sins in your sow sins in your everyday, you're going to reap the, the consequences of those sins. So and sin leads to death. So that's just something to keep in mind. But again, I just want to, you know, provide some encouragement from Scripture. You know, what are things that we could do? Maybe. The scripture can also help us and convict us and the things that we might be doing wrong um, and the wrong things that we may be placing our hearts in and stuff like that. And I wanted to direct our scripture or you know, our attention to, to Matthew 6. And I'm going to be reading some of it, but also paraphrasing um, just so I could explain these things in my own words as well. But, you know, feel free to use any translation you want. I'm using the New Living Translation. Um, but you know, all points to the same ideas, same messages, right? So Matthew six, and I'm going to be drawing from Matthew six, 19 to 33. It's the teaching about, you know, money and possessions about not storing your treasures here on earth and, you know, seeking the kingdom of God above all else. So, you know, it says in the verses 19, 20 and 21, and I'm, again, I'm just going to paraphrase it. And in my own words, you know, don't store your treasures here on earth, store them in heaven and where the desires of your heart or where your treasure is, the desires of your heart will also be. And this is a good scripture to keep in mind, to, you know, really incorporate in our heart. It's a good concept, a good idea, and a good, you know, practice, good piece of wisdom to understand. Because when it comes to sin and temptation, a lot of the times, um, it has to really do with our desires. And we know from scripture that righteousness is based on faith. Um, it's based on the work that Jesus Christ has done for us. And it's the Holy Spirit that gives us, you know, the ability to become righteous. And, you know, in my experience, you know, especially throughout my early couple of weeks, couple of months of, you know, trying to figure all this Christianity stuff out, trying to figure out this whole relationship with Christ. I spent a lot of time, you know, trying to use my own works, trying to, you know, put in the effort to, you know, develop my mind, to develop good habits and whatnot. And, they had you know results but they didn't last for very long because you know because all those things are just you know really man-made attempts at trying to become godly and the scripture honestly you know really tells us you know you know righteousness is not based on our works it's based on faith and 
there's a lot of scriptures there. I'm gonna put some verses out here to point those out. I might not read them specifically just because I don't I didn't have it all prepared, but I'll put those out, you know, just to reference them um, about you know faith and righteousness. But again, going back to this verse and about you know desires and storing your treasures here on earth versus storing them in heaven. And the thing is, um, when it comes to our desires and when it comes to sin, it is our sinful desires that lead us to sin. And I'm going to read one of the epistles from James. Right here, James. You know, he, he says in uh, verse 14, chapter 1 of James, you know, desire comes from our own our temptation comes from our own desires, which entice us and drag us away. And it's important to keep in mind because whenever it comes to you know, choosing, you know, to do a sinful action or choosing to abide in God, often it has to do with our desires. And you know, just to make a relevant point, um, and especially as you know, a man, I know it's lust is usually the the biggest issue that we we think as believers, as men at least, uh, we may face. And it's often, you know, these desires, you know, that go to war with um, our faith. And, um, you know, just recently I started to realize that, you know, this this battle, this battle with temptation has, you know, again, nothing to do with how strong our willpower is or how strong our mind muscle is. It's about, honestly, our desire our desire for God versus the desire for the things of this world. And one of the big things too is just kind of not sidetrack a bit, but just to add more depth to it is when it comes to, you know, choosing God or choosing the world, oftentimes we think we may only have like one issue, like for me, again, as a man um, dealing with you know twenty first century problems and all this stuff on the media, I used to think that it was only lust, that was only you know PMO that I had to deal with. But you know God showed me just throughout these couple of months that you know my righteousness was not based on my ability to abstain or to be sexually pure. But again, you know it's through faith in Christ. But underneath of it all, I, I thought it was just lust that was the only thing I was struggling with but it was you know all the sins because truthfully if you have one sin you even though that one big sin is the the tip of the iceberg underneath it all is you know the sinful nature and from that you know it, it breeds all other sins so once if you have all sins you really have them all or if you have one sin you you know have the mechanism for all of them and so god showed me that it wasn't just lust that i was struggling with i also had you know pride I had a lot of anger, a lot of hatred, jealousy, and basically all the sins. And, you know, I was running up the wrong ladder thinking that I had to overcome lust in order to, you know, be the perfect Christian and stuff like that. But there was just so much more. And um, what this really showed me is that I was desiring the treasures here on earth versus the treasures in heaven because, you know, treasures here on earth... Uh, they come in a lot of forms, you know, for a lot of guys, it's money, sex, fame, power, you know, vanity and all these things. You know, these are ideas and identities that we place here on earth. And what God has really been showing me 
just throughout my journey and really hitting home the message again and again is, you know, storing my treasures in heaven and really desiring God more than the things of this world. And it says in, you know, verse 33 of Matthew 6, that seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously. And all these things shall be added on to you. And when I used to read that verse, I, I would always think, yeah, okay, I'm going to seek God first in order to, for him to, you know, take care of me. And basically what I was doing is I was enacting another one of those, you know, transactional thought processes of how if you pray to God, he's going to bring something to you. And, you know, this is a transactional relationship where anytime you pray to God, it's like, basically, I would even say like, this is like close to witchcraft because you're trying to move the spirit in order to gain something physically right and that's basically what witchcraft is trying to manipulate the spirit in order to gain earthly treasures but now looking at this verse i start to see that when it says seek the kingdom of god i i replace that word seek with desire because i know language is there's so many semantics and i feel like it means the same thing you're seeking desiring wanting the kingdom of god wanting god more than the things of this world and not because you know, we want to get something, but because, you know, that's is where our heart is. And when it comes to, you know, beating sin and to overcoming sin, I think this is one of the key foundations. Because even, you know, the greatest commandment, Jesus said, the first and greatest commandment, it's in Matthew, or he reiterates it in Matthew twenty-two thirty-seven. I actually memorized this one, you know, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. And that is the first and greatest commandment he tells us. And this is basically desiring God, seeking God. And, you know, love comes in these forms. And again, the thing with language, you know, one word could point to many, any, so many synonyms. But, you know, basically this is what it's telling us to do, to love God more than things of this world. And a lot of the times, too, we get confused when we think about righteousness and when it comes to righteousness, as far as, you know, the old way of doing it, right, the, the Old Testament, it was about, you know, about discipline, about, you know, following every law from the commandment of Moses and doing the outwardly things. But, you know, when Jesus comes to the scene, he raises that standard of righteousness. He raises what sin means, and he comes to say that sin is something that is also internal. He tells us, in you know, chapter 5 of Matthew, he teaches about anger, right? He teaches about how if you are even angry with somebody else, with your brother, with anybody, then you are guilty of committing murder in your heart. And he also t tells us about adultery. When we look at somebody with lust, we're committing that adultery and that sin within our heart. So Jesus raises the standard of sin, which is now the standard, the same standard it has always been, but we get confused and think it's about the outworldly things. And again, tying this with my own life, I would think that the amount of, days I can abstain from, you know, PMO or, or being lustful, that that means I'm righteous. But as the scriptures say, we are all, you know, sinners. We are all guilty of sin. We all have that sinful nature. Even, even those who have not explicitly broken one of God's commandments, it is by our very nature that we are subject to the penalties of our sins. And, you know, adding on to this of, you know, the sinful nature, and this is important to understand when it comes to dealing with sin. So I'm going to look in, in the book of Galatians in chapter, 
in chapter 5. But before I look at the scripture, um, you know, I wanted to say, you know, just, you know, how we're dealing with sin. A lot of the times, even for myself, I was caught up in the idea of, you know, trying to be perfect, of trying, you know, you know the sanctification here on earth of saying that, you know, I need to be perfect and stuff like that. But the truth is we, in this life at least, in this side of eternity, we don't have to be perfect. And we never will. We don't. We won't be. Because if we could be perfect in this life, then the scriptures wouldn't tell us that God will bring us a new body, that this, this body that ha we have will be swallowed up by life and death, and that God will bring us a new home. That wouldn't be necessary if we could be sanctified in this life. But instead, you know, the scriptures really point to the idea that in this life we're going to have to suffer a bit, that we're going to have to go through, you know, the sinful world and our sinful nature. And that's in the end, though, you know, at the end of the race, that there's a reward for us. There's a prize in heaven. And again, this is the, this is the kingdom mindset of, you know, focusing on the, the, the treasures that you have in heaven because it's awaiting for us. So while in this life, um, it's important that we build those those internal treasures, those spiritual treasures, right? So, now with that, I wanted to read Galatians 5. And, again, I'm going to paraphrase it. All right, 16 through, no, through 19, it, it talks about, you know, letting the Holy Spirit guide your lives so you won't doing, be doing what the sinful nature craves. And, and how the sinful nature wants to do evil, the... The Holy Spirit gives us desires that are opposite of what the sinful nature desires. And the how these two forces are constantly fighting each other. So you're not free to carry out your good intentions. And this is probably the battle that we've all experienced. Because I bet all of us are trying to be perfect, trying to live perfectly. And we just for some whatever reason, by our own efforts, we can't. Because we just aren't able to overcome... You know, the power of sin in our lives because we're not able to. We need the help of somebody else. We need the help of Christ. We need the help of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And as the scriptures say, you know, these two forces are constantly fighting each other. And no matter what you do, you're not going to eliminate the sinful nature. Because if you think about it, right? So, you know, we're still under the power of sin. We might not be subject anymore because of our faith in Christ. To We're not subject to the penalties of our sins. So, in the end, our soul is not going to die, but this body, this mind that we have in this heart that's living in the sinful world, we're still going to experience the effects of sin. We're still going to experience the pain of resisting and having the endurance to not give in to our sinful desires. And the, the scriptures tell us that we're, we're in this constant war. But the, the beautiful thing is, is that, you know, even though there's, you know, these two forces fighting against each other, we... You know, we ultimately belong to the winning side. We belong, you know, to the Holy Spirit. We belong to Christ. And, you know, it says in, in 2 Corinthians that, you know, Christ, you know, in our hearts, He lives within us and He is the light that shines in the darkness. And this whole world is full of darkness. Our bodies, our minds, the everything, you know, in this, in this, in this current living situation on this earth is full of darkness. But inside of us, um, God lives in us. He is in our hearts. He's in our minds. And He's in our spirits, most important of all. So there's something to keep in mind. And to understand this perspective is to really live in freedom because now you're not thinking about the idea of needing to always constantly be perfect or trying to think you could make this body perfect. And it's just, um, honestly, that's 
all ego talking because the ego, you know, the sinful nature wants to make this body perfect. And for those of you that know my testimony, I used to, you know, practice a lot of Eastern spiritualities, New Age, witchcraft and stuff like that. And the whole idea behind it was to make the physical perfect, using the powers of the spirit to make the physical body perfect, or at least this current one. And it's crazy enough, you know, there's a lot of new age circles that, you know, believe in this idea of ascension, which is basically, you know, copying, you know, what God has planned for us, but in a twisted way. But, um, you know, God, you know, the scriptures tells us that this body is going to die, that this body is temporary. And again, pointing back to the, the verse in Matthew, Matthew 6, Matthew 6, and the whole teaching is, uh, it teaches that, the treasures that we have here on this earth, they're going to rot. They're gonna, Moth and rust, thieves are going to steal it. Death is going to steal all the treasures that you have. This body is a treasure as well, right? And all these possessions that you have. But because we believe in Christ, because we have faith, God has promised us, you know, through the Holy Spirit as a, you know, a symbol of that promise that we are going to get a new body, that we ha will have a heavenly home. And this tells it says this in you know Second Corinthians five, that we will get new bodies, but we'll not be spirits without bodies. That God will provide a new, a new home, a new treasure for us. Now that is something to keep in mind as we're, you know, you know, struggling with sin and when we're trying to fight, and you know the Holy Spirit gives us the ability to overcome sinful actions, but at the end of the day, we're still dealing with the, the force of sin in our lives, and over time it might. The, that sinful voice in our head might become a little bit more quiet because of our abiding in, in Christ and having more of God's love. But at the end of the day, it's still there. So that's just something to keep in mind. And also to say that you're done with, you know, the battle with sin is just a complete lie because if you're still here on this earth, you have not finished the race. And that's another um, word that I wanted to give, right? Because... You know, salvation is a promise right now. None of us have yet achieved it. None of us have passed away yet. If you're watching this video, it's uh, there's a huge chance that you're alive and that you have not, you know, finished the race. And scripture points to this, you know, a lot about, you know, keeping your candles burning, you know, about it being a race, how you have to endure and that you have to remain faithful throughout all the trials and temptations because, you might say that you believe in God, that you might have faith in Christ one day, but what happens five years from now when you're faced with a lot of um, challenges and when you're faced with a lot of ideas that, that trick your mind into thinking that what you're believing is a delusion? And I tell you this, a time is coming and it's, it's already here now where you're going to get so many deceptive thoughts, deceptive teachings that are going to try to drift you away from your faith in Christ. These things are going to try to drift you away from the truth. And it's about, you know, enduring and abiding in God. So that's just something to keep in mind when you're, you know, going through your battle with sin. That it, it's going to be, you know, a race. And you're going to have to keep, you know, abiding and, you know, staying faithful. Because it just takes one moment for you to lose faith, honestly. And it could take one moment for you to gain faith. And it could take you one moment to lose faith. Right? So just stay deeply rooted Make sure your roots are deep and that the cares and the worries of this life, they don't take away take you away from your, your faith. So, so yeah, and, and lastly, you know, I wanted to talk about, 
you know, finding joy as well in these trials and temptations. And it says this in the book of James, rejoice whenever you face trials and temptations of any kind because those trials and tests, these are the things that are going to strengthen your faith. These are things that God uses for you to um, gain spiritual treasure because when you think about spiritual treasure, they're not things that we can see physically, but they're things that we can experience internally, such as love, joy, peace, kindness, humility, tenderhearted, mercy, and all these things. These are spiritual treasures that are built you know, throughout our trials and temptations because the greater the trial, the greater the obstacle, the greater the mountain that needs to be moved, the greater God can show His strength and show His grace in your lives because ultimately God promises us that there is completeness that he will provide for all our needs according to the riches and the glories of Christ Jesus. And that our union with Christ makes us complete. So even if you're lacking, even if you don't have any food, even if for a lot of believers out there, even if you haven't found your spouse, if you haven't got your career in place, these aren't things that are going to make you complete. It's God that's going to make you complete. And I do understand that all these things are real physical needs, you know, the need for community, the need for relationships, the need for food. These, All these things are viable and realistic needs that we have in our lives. But even if we're missing those things, we can still find that completeness because God makes up for that completeness. And that's what people experience when they fast, right? When they're not eating any food, they feel God, you know, strengthening them, right? Through that power of God or, or whatever it is in your life, if you're missing something, if you think you're missing something and you need something in your life and you don't have it, God will fulfill that need, not through necessarily bringing that physical need to you, but by filling you with His Spirit and, you know, bridging that gap that we've had because, you know, the whole experience of humanity is that there is a separation from God and there's that gap. But Jesus Christ is the bridge that makes up for it and through that, you know, there's completeness. There's fullness in the Spirit at least because... Again, you know, I like to I like to acknowledge the real reality of the sin that we're dealing with and and just to, you know, reiterate what the scripture tells us we we are going to suffer. That's just uh, the point of it. But it doesn't matter because we still wa- we could still have faith, we can still have peace, we can still have love in our hearts, we can still have all the fullness that we can ever want because of our relationship with Jesus Christ and and ultimately that is you know, I think the no, the number one thing that we can do or be or be reminded of is to remain in that completeness that we have with God. Because if we do, you know, if we remain in Him, if we abide in Him, we'll produce many fruits and we'll be protected. And if we're truly desiring and wanting and treasuring God with all our hearts, there will be no need to partake in any sinful action because a person that is complete, who feels complete, they're not going to run to the things of this world to you know, fill that void because the world offers a lot of pleasures, temporary pleasures, you know, to meet those needs. And that is the ultimate deception in life is that the world can satisfy your needs. And while maybe for a moment it can give you a high, a temporary bliss, um, ultimately those things fade away and you're going to desire something more and more. And it's a constant chase, right? Because... And the scripture tells us that Jesus, when he was talking to the Samaritan woman at the well, he tells her that anybody who drinks of this water from 
this well, this well from the world will become thirsty again, but but he is the one that can provide living water, and anybody who drinks from him and from that living water will never be thirsty. So so that is my encouragement to you all. You know, drink drink from the kingdom of heaven. Eat from the kingdom of heaven. You'll never grow hungry. You'll never grow thirsty in the spirit. And even though it's you might grow thirsty in the physical, you still feel complete. And I think that's the whole point, right? It's not for us to get rid of the temptations or, or the sinful nature completely from our minds and hearts in this life because that's not for us to do. You know, that's for God to do. But it's the whole point is to to have God and to experience God, to abide in Him, to to feel His presence, His love, His completeness in the midst of those temptations and trials. And you know, there's beauty in that. There's it shows us that the strength that we have does not come from us, but it comes from God. It comes from Christ, and it comes from our faith in Him. All right. So, anyways. Uh, yeah, that's my message, and, and I'm just going to pray for us. So, Heavenly Father, thank you for just speaking that message, for allowing this impromptu message just to you know come out fluently and fluidly. And I just pray that this message is edifying for those who listen to it, for those who hear it, and I just pray that this word is placed in everybody's hearts so that they have the you know the desire for you, that they have the conviction to you know rid themselves of the worldly treasures that they may have in their minds any idols that we may have in our lives i pray that we turn away from those things and we turn to you lord and i just pray that you give us strength to do these things for we know we can't do it on our own it is not our love that flows through us it's through you it's through our faith in jesus christ that we are able to overcome these things and it is through the power of the holy spirit who is our helper here on this earth lord and i just pray that we continue to lean on the spirit that we you know, look for the light in the darkness, and we know that this world is full of darkness, but at the end of the day that there's light in our hearts and in our souls, and that we can look to that, Lord, because the darkness can never extinguish the light. And let us be a light again to all those around us. May they see the power of God. May they see the love of God in us and teach us how to love you more, because love is your greatest commandment. Love is the greatest, and that's the whole point, is to, to grow in love to you and to grow in love for others as well. So, let us experience this full love and let us feel it and also let us be receptive to it, Father God, and just transform us, transform our minds, guide us, do your will in our lives. I pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, well, thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. Till next time, um, I leave you all in peace and God bless.